This is episode 298, Get Out of Your Relationship Rut with Sean. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a great call for you today on relationships and whether you're in a relationship or not, what we unpack in this coaching session is going to be really valuable because what we eventually end up talking about is needs and pretty much any argument, any relationship rut, anytime we have our heart closed down, it all comes back to needs not being met. And often the needs that aren't met in adulthood are the same needs that were not met in childhood, which is why understanding our childhood and doing healing around that is so important. And if you want to learn so much more about relationships and get some tools for communication, better arguments, arguing in a productive way, better sex, increased emotional intimacy, how to have a spiritual practice with your partner, how to align in terms of values around money, raising children, health, etc. then you're not going to want to miss the relationship workshop my husband and I are teaching. We're teaching it either live or you can buy it as a course and go through it at your own pace. We're going to teach it live June 11th through 13th. And you can join for all of it live, part of it. If you do join live, you have the opportunity to get live coaching from us. And if you can't get away for the whole weekend and you want to just go through at your own pace, you can do that as well. The price is the same. This is for couples. This is for people in partnership who may have a partner that may not want to do the course with them, but want to learn a lot of things, including how to get your partner into growth and into the things that you're into if they're not. And it's for single people who want to learn how to have a healthy relationship. I took a lot of courses on relationships and masculine feminine dynamics and Tantra and sexuality and all kinds of things while I was single because when my most aligned Mr. Right for me came along, I wanted to have a clue. I didn't want to have another divorce. And so if you're single and really want to learn great relationship strategies, then this is for you too. And it's an amazing broadcast signal to the universe in terms of, Hey, I'm investing in a relationship course. That's how much I value relationship. So the link is christinehassler.com slash relationship retreat. Again, that's christinehassler.com slash relationship retreat. We're really excited about this stuff and I have already planned it and know what we're going to be teaching and it's going to be so juicy and fun and experiential. And it's not just going to be a bunch of information. We're going to give you really great exercises that you can take home and either do with your partner or if you're not in a partnership, we are going to adapt them so that you can do it with yourself and your future partner. And I know that doesn't make sense, but it will once you join us. Again, christinehauser.com slash relationship retreat. So as you're listening to this call with Sean, consider, do you feel like your heart is not open to your partner? Do you feel like there's things that have happened in your relationship or that keep happening that you just can't forgive or can't shift or can't get over? Are there issues from your childhood and your relationship with your parents or your school experience that may be playing out in your relationship? 
Are you in a dynamic where maybe you're avoidant and you like to run from conflict, confrontation, conversation, but that produces a lot of anxiety in your partner or vice versa? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Sean. Before we dive in, I have an exciting announcement for you. I've partnered with an organization called Hilltide to offer an online book club and micro course to help you apply principles from my book, Expectation Hangover, to your daily life. It's one thing to read the book, maybe many of you have. It's something else to turn it into action. When you join the book club, you get 28 days of prompts and exercises delivered in short, easy to complete bites. You'll also get a live Q and a session with me to ask me all the questions about the book and beyond the book club launches July 1st registration will remain open until July 7th, head over to christinehasser.com slash book club to learn more. And all of you listeners of this podcast get 25% off the investment for this really curated, awesome book club. Use the discount code hangover 25 at checkout. That's hangover. And then the numerals two, five at checkout. And the reason I did this is because, well, Hilltide is an incredible organization and I really love what they're doing in terms of book clubs. And also expectation hangover is it's not thick in terms of tons and tons of pages, but those of you who've gone through it, it's thick in terms of deep. There are lots of exercises. There's lots to reflect on. And if it was a book that like you got through, but you skipped over some stuff or you just couldn't get through because there was so much that was coming up for you, this book club is such a great investment and great way to get through the book and get that live Q and a with me. Registration is open now until July 7th. The book club launches July 1st. Go to christinehaster.com slash book club. Use hangover25 at checkout. And now on to my coaching call with Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. How can I help? Yeah, thanks for having me. How can you help? Well, right now my heart is close to my partner is essentially what it is. Mm. And I love her dearly. I've been with her for, I think, four and a half years or so now, but I can't seem to get my heart to open to her. What does that mean? What does that look like? Can you give me specifics? I mean, just feeling that real, true warmth when I hug her or kiss her, for example. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you ever feel that with her? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I mean, we had our honeymoon period. Everything was awesome then. And it's been awesome at different points mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, relationships go through ups and downs. I understand that. It just, it feels different right now. It feels like my heart is scarred over by too much hurt between us that I, mm. I would love to heal. And I'm trying we are trying together but I don't I just don't know how to get through that scar tissue you know yeah how have you been hurt um there's been a fair amount of at least in my story hypocrisy uh where she expects me to do something which she is not willing to do like what offer the same graces within an argument or a fight okay that she expects from me Mm -hmm. like even though i am in an activated space she would like me to you know breathe make sure i hear her 
repeat back to things that I hear, even though when I ask for it, she is not, it seems that she is not willing to do that same for me. What does she do? Often just tells me that she is too activated. Okay. And <laughs> she can't do that. And what do you usually fight about? Usually small stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the most recent one was that she wanted the rest of the chocolate and I wanted one piece out of however many there were. And she was in a place where she said that she needed that chocolate. And I, she asked me if she could have the rest of them. I said, yeah, but I'd like one piece. And mm -hmm. like, it's stupid stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's small stuff. Well, small stuff is usually because big stuff is not being worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you and her better than I do. What would you say are some of the issues that you guys are bumping up against each other with? Like sometimes an example could be one person has an avoidant attachment style. One person has more of an anxious one. Um, one person maybe had a parent abandon them where the other person didn't. And so there's misunderstanding there. What do you think are some of the childhood developmental things that each of you are bringing into this relationship? Yeah. So I'm not super clear on the different attachment That's styles, okay. but, um, like I, I think I would be the avoidant one and she is the anxious one, right? Like I'm the one who, uh, wants to run away from the problems and she wants to chase me until we figure it out. Okay. And tell me some of the core struggles you've had in your childhood. Uh, bullying was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. You were bullied? Yeah. Mm. And like I would get into fights every single day for a long time, oftentimes with five or six kids. Out of defending yourself? Okay. So you didn't yeah. start the fights. So you would just be defending it. Yeah, for the okay. most part. Uh, I, I would probably be lying if I said I didn't start at least one, but for the vast majority, yeah. Okay. And what about your parents? Um, what about my parents? <laughs> what was your relationship like with them? Mm, very warm and loving. Mm -hmm. But, and this is perhaps a projection of mine, but it feels like, felt like it was very much a passionless marriage for a lot of my childhood and, and being raised, mm -hmm. they have since separated. And so like, that's another thing that I struggle with is that I think I am repeating that pattern, which I don't want. Like, I don't want a passion, this marriage. I want a lot of passion. Okay. And I'm afraid of that for okay. sure. So their relationship with each other was kind of flat, but with you, with mom and with dad, you felt like there was love and connection and no real big issues with parents? For the most part, I mean, I think like a lot of men, like I wish that I could have spent, spent more time with my dad. Okay. Uh, he worked a lot. And when he was home, oftentimes he was working, but mm -hmm. when he was with us, he was with us. Okay. And, you know, I, I had a special connection with him because we both played a lot of hockey together, but um, yeah, for the most part, very loving. Okay. So you had quality time, just not a lot of quantity time with dad mm -hmm. and mom, mom, she was a stay at home mom. And perhaps I still idolize her too much. Like there, it was really warm, loving, gently teaching and guiding. Okay. 
no no real rifts that I can put a finger on. Okay. And what about your partner? What do you know about her upbringing and challenges she had? Yeah, there were some power dynamics in her family. Like I don't want to tell her story too much, but there were definitely some power dynamics there, a, a fair amount of conditional love, like retracting love if you've done the wrong thing and not giving it back until you've paid your dues kind of thing. And I think mostly from her dad. Anything else you want to share about her upbringing? It was very, I don't think they've played a lot of sports, but like the family dynamic, I feel was very competitive in scorekeeping in that sort of keeping track of who's on top of who and how much love are you giving and how much love am I giving that kind of thing. Okay. So knowing what you know about her and you know, there's more that you know that you're not sharing with me, which is totally fine. What do you, cause we all have coping strategies that we come up with in terms of how we think we're staying safe and getting love in a relationship, because as much as we want love and connection in a relationship, the thing we want even more is not to get hurt and not to not mm-hmm. feel safe and not to lose our power. And so we often put way more energy into avoiding what we don't want than into creating the relationship that we do want because that's that's what we needed to do to survive. So knowing what you know about her upbringing, what do you think some of her relational habits and coping strategies are when it comes to intimate relationships? Because our relationship with our primary family is an intimate relationship. It is the intimate relationship we have and that forms the foundation for all future intimate relationships. So what do you think some of her you know, coping strategies or patterns or ways of being are based on her upbringing? She often will offer more than is asked for, like over-delivering, and then at the same time expects the over-delivering without asking for it. Mm -hmm. And ironically enough, despite the fact that she is the one who chases me, she also has the, the peacemaker in her. And so at the same time as trying to avoid conflict, she also seeks to sort it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So the reason I'm asking you these questions, well, let me ask you, why do you think I'm asking you these questions? There's no wrong answer. It really, to like I would say... T- my my gut says to help me get clearer on what I think about it. Yeah. So you said you want to open your heart. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that we can open our heart to someone that we still want to be with and that we're clear isn't toxic and we're clear isn't unhealthy for us, which it sounds like it's not at that point or isn't that at all. You can correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. In order for us to get beyond our own hurt – and to open our heart, we have to understand them and their mm-hmm. model of the world and where they're coming from. Because a lot of the things she's doing or not doing, you're taking personally versus being able to see this is just the inner child, the scared part of her that doesn't know what to do. It's not like she's like, all right, 
Sean, we've been in this relationship for 4.5 years. I've never acted like this before in my entire life. And I'm just going to act like this with you. These have been patterns and protective patterns she's had in her life for a while. And honestly, so you have, you had yours too. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to open your heart and forgive, we have to get out of our model of the world and out of the way we would handle something and really understand someone else, not to excuse their behavior, but to create such an opening for love and connection. Because, you know, just the, the brief information that I got, we've got you who was bullied. So you're, you're not going to like being attacked. You're going to feel safer on your own. It's going to be hard to trust people. And then you've got parents in a passionateless marriage. And so you're kind of going to be always evaluating a relationship going, uh Oh, is this mom and dad? Like there's always kind of this, the back of the head. Am I in what I don't want? You know, and sometimes mm -hmm. that may take up more energy and more thought than really creating what you do want. So you've got you with sort of this, you know, protective wall up really doesn't like being attacked when you are, you, you want to fight back because you've got that little boy and young man in there who's really sick of bullying, being bullied. And you had a dad who you wanted more of him. You just wanted more of him. So here you are in this relationship, not necessarily feeling bullied, but feeling not heard, feeling like you're not getting what you want. Maybe it's sometimes feeling attacked because maybe there's sometimes that she criticizes you and just feeling like you're not getting what you want. And it's, it's very triggering. And then we've got her side where love was conditional. There was this competitive thing. There was sort of a scores keeping thing. So for her, she's measuring love in, am I ahead or behind? Did you do more or I do more? Like, are my needs being met? Are your needs being met? There's this constant evaluation of things. So can you see how this dynamic is making the relationship a little bumpy at times? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then the question becomes, like, what do you want to do about it? So the question I need to ask you before we go further is, do you really want this relationship? I do. Okay. Is she willing to work on it with you? Absolutely. Okay. Then you're at the point where you guys are in habitual patterns and you're not breaking them. You're just kind of having the same argument. It might be about chocolate. It might be about taking out the trash. It may be about what you watch on Netflix, but underneath mm -hmm. it, underneath any argument is there's a need that's not being met. Both of you have needs in the relationship that are not being met. And when needs aren't being met, I'm talking about both in ourselves and in the other person. Let me give you an example for my relationship. So my husband has a very fiery Greek Italian personality. I tend to avoid, hold things in and then get resentful or passively aggressive later. And so when he would raise his voice, I thought it was yelling, but it's just really raising his voice. I would just shut down and get angry inside and get hurt that he wasn't hearing me and he wasn't meeting my need to make me feel safe and lower his voice and everything. But I also wasn't meeting my own need to speak up for myself and to say, hey, I can't hear you when you're yelling. Hey, you don't need to talk to me like that. Like, stop. I can't hear you. I would just get mm -hmm. quiet and make it, make him wrong for yelling. 
And then I also had a need I needed to communicate to him of when you raise your voice, it triggers stuff from my childhood and I can't hear you. Like I I literally can't hear you. I just get scared. So I need Mm -hmm. you to talk to me calmly. So there was the need of me speaking up for myself and there's the need of communicating what I need. And this is key in a relationship. And what happens is after a while, we get sloppy and the honeymoon wears off. Our inner child stuff comes up. Our patterns come up because relationship is a tool for learning. And we, we aren't grownups about meeting our own needs and communicating our needs. And a lot of times we don't even stop to really think about what our needs are. So let me turn it back to you, Sean. What is a need that's not of yours, that's not being met by her in the relationship? I think it's similar to you in that my need is if she is feeling, I guess her needs are being unmet, to come to me in a gentler way. So you need not to be bullied. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. And how would we say that in a positive sense? So how, instead of not be bullied, what do you want? I want her to come to me in a, in a gentle way with okay. her disagreements. Okay. So you don't want to feel attacked. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And what is the need inside of you that you're not meeting? It's definitely also speaking up. And I, I wanted to, to ask you as well, because my instinct rather than fight back as I did physically is to kind of disassociate and um, just leave. Right. right? And just kind of, I'm sure it appears as stonewall, right? Just be there as a a listening body rather than a person. Yeah. I hear you. And that's a, that's a protective strategy and, and you being bullied most likely registered as trauma as a kid. And even Mm -hmm. if at times you fought back, there's probably a part of you that dissociated as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You you had to. So anytime you feel attacked, there's a little guy inside who's like, "Mm -hmm, check out. Mm -hmm. And then it probably gets thrown in your face that you're stonewalling, that you're shutting down, that you're being cold, that you're not present. But really what's happening is little Sean, even though you know, and this is the thing we have to remember to the non-conscious mind. And to the subconscious, the inner child, reality doesn't matter. It's more of what buttons are being pushed. So even though your conscious grown man mind knows this is my partner, not those jerks from sixth grade beating me up, the attack feels the same. It's pushing the same button. So that's why it's so important to connect these dots so that you can be like, this is what this feels like. This is what this reminds me of. I'm actually not checking out because I'm trying to stonewall you. I'm dissociating because I'm trying to protect myself because it's hitting a trauma response inside of me. So I just want to validate your experience of that. And so Mm -hmm. what didn't you get to do as a young man when you were getting bullied? Speak up. Exactly. Exactly. So it may sound like, stop, Stephanie, or whatever her name is. I love you, and I can't hear you when you talk to me like this. I'm willing to listen, but you need to say it in a gentle way. Otherwise, I cannot hear you. It doesn't feel good when you come at me like this. 
I'm willing to listen, but please be kind. I deserve that from you. Mm -hmm. So now let's flip it. What's a need that your partner has that you're not meeting? The one that she, that is a basis of a lot of our disagreements is that she doesn't feel heard by me often. So she needs to feel heard. Or seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heard and Mm -hmm. seen, like, and considered, like, that I am thinking about her and her situation holistically. Okay. And what do you think is a need she needs to meet inside herself that she's not? Hmm. I'm going to take a guess. No, you go first and then I'll contribute. I was going to say, like, I think just, um, like allowing herself to know that she is loved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, said a little differently, if she had conditional love and it was all about earning love, she needs to work on her own inner critic and meet her need for self-love and self-acceptance and not outsource it. You know, cause that need of needing you to feel her, see her and consider her that's a little bit of her own need leaking out of like, she needs to do that for herself first. It's hard for anyone to see us and and hear us until we do that for herself, ourself. So if I was coaching both of you, I'd be asking her, what are you not seeing about yourself? What are you not hearing? What are you not considering? Where are you not meeting your own needs? And for you, Sean, what I would recommend is when she says, I need to feel heard, seen, and considered, I would recommend you say, okay, I hear you specifically. What does that mean? What are the actions? What do you need to feel? Because for her to just say that it leaves you in the place of, okay, I'll try, but like, do you know exactly what that means? Like, could you nail Mm -hmm. it? So, So just to help me clarify, yeah, is it like, I am asking her specifically what she wants me to hear. Yes. Like what? So she's saying, I need to feel heard, seen, and considered. And you're going to say, okay, my love, what does that mean to you? What would that look like? What would that feel like? What are the things I need to do or say so that you feel that? Mm. Because the other thing is we want to set our partners up to win. And when I make a request to Steph, like I need you to make me feel more beautiful. He's going to be like, okay. Um, but if I tell him, Hey, it really helps when you like, give me a compliment or grab my butt when I'm walking by. So, you know, you still think I'm hot, like specific things, then he can go, okay, I can do that. But if I just say, I need you to do this, I need to make me feel seen and heard. It leaves him kind of in, well, how? Cause we don't, we barely need to know how to do that for ourselves versus someone else. So what I suggest that, that you do is, well, number one, if you can do our relationship retreat together and you don't have to do it live, it's coming up June 11th through 13th, but we're going to walk you through all of this, Sean, in a very detailed way. So if you guys can do that either live with us or get it and just go through the course on your own, you have six months to go through it. I would highly, highly recommend this because, you know, we don't get manuals for how to be in relationship or how to be parents or any of these things. So that would be my first recommendation to make the space for that in between now and then to sit down and really have a needs conversation, just like I'm doing on this call with you. 
Maybe she can even listen to this episode with you. And obviously I'm only talking to you. So to Sean's partner, if you ever listen, if you were here, obviously I'd have even more compassion and sensitivity for your side. I'm just hearing one side of it. And Sean, I think you've done a lovely job of representing her and being honest without pointing a lot of blame and fingers. You've also taken a lot of responsibility on this call and I acknowledge you for that. What getting back to my suggestion in terms of opening your heart, a heart can't open if needs aren't being met. It can't because it just, Uh all the protective behaviors come back. And, you know, our biggest need when it comes to intimate relationship is to feel safe and is to feel seen. And how we do that is we meet each other's needs. We get super specific about what our needs are that we need to meet inside ourselves and super specific about the needs of a partner. So even the argument about the chocolate, like, you need to feel valued. You need to feel like you just aren't walked all over. You need to feel like there's something for you. This all comes back to the bullying, time with dad, and you just want one freaking piece of chocolate. Can't you at least have that? And she wants to feel in control so that the other shoe doesn't drop and like she kind of has the, the upper hand because that's how love and safety was created in her family. So if we look at the argument under chocolate, And if I had more time, I'd break it down even more. What it was really about is an unmet need. I want more chocolate. She's really saying, I want more from you. (laughs) And you saying, I want a piece. You're really saying, I want to feel respected by you. Wasn't Mm -hmm. about the chocolate. She wants more. You want to feel respected. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So... Does this help a little bit? Yeah, absolutely it does. What do you think you can do and moving forward? Move forward bravely. Like we are uh, taking the beginner steps in a lot of these things. Yeah. And it's just keep moving forward bravely, doing exactly the things that you suggested, which are at least in the same ballpark as the things that we've been trying. Yeah. Can you do the relationship retreat? or at least get the course and do it on your own so that you have a tool and you're not, you both aren't just flailing. We'll see. We're both taking a lot of courses right now. Mm -hmm. Are you taking any for your relationship? We have one that we got through halfway and then life happened and it fell by the wayside. So we've got, we have both agreed that we would like to recommit to this. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's definitely Yeah. Got to happen again. Yeah. Well, I understand about the courses. Just know our work is very experiential. It's not throwing a lot of information at you. It's exercises, Mm -hmm. it's work, it's, it's, and if you can join live, then you get the coaching from us too. But I will say this, relationships are like health. You can't sit on the couch and eat potato chips and expect to be healthy. Relationships take our effort. They take our investment. But when they're on track, Sean, I'm sure you notice this, when your relationship isn't good and you're in this place of calling me because you're like, what do I do? And I want to open my heart up. It's going to impact other relation, other aspects of your life. When relationships are thriving, health, money, outside relationships, fam, everything gets better because it's like the foundation in so many ways. It's your primary family right now. You know, our childhood was so impactful and we understand that. And we sort of minimize the impact that our relationship has on our life as we get older. So I just 
acknowledge you for having this conversation with me. And I say to you and your partner, like, if you want this fight for it, put it to the top of your priority list and all other things will, will shift when, when this starts to shift. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How do you feel now? Capable. Mm-hmm. You have some guidance. Yeah. I, I tried to keep it super simple for you. Needs. Needs aren't being communicated. And the needs a lot of times come from childhood. So you guys are going to keep bouncing around this until you get really clear on what's being triggered, what's the need that I'm not meeting inside myself, and what's the need that I have that my partner's not meeting, and how do I communicate that need specifically, not vaguely, specifically. Mm-hmm. You got it? Yeah, I think we can do that. I know you can. Thank you so much to Sean for his honesty and vulnerability and also the way he really took responsibility in the relationship. It's always refreshing when I hear someone call in in a relationship where they may not be happy in the relationship, but they're not throwing their partner under the bus. They see their role in it too. So let's talk about this session. So as you heard, Sean and his partner have been together for nearly five years and he feels like his heart is closed. He's not feeling the the true warmth that he wants to feel. And he wants to stay with his partner and he loves her, but there are just some things that are making him, for lack of a better word, less invested in it. So the first thing I did with Sean was asked him questions about his past and his childhood and then his partner's past and childhood. Because in intimate relationships, well, let me say it this way. Intimate relationships are often the field, the ground, the very fertile ground where we work out any issues from childhood we haven't quite resolved. So if you were criticized a lot in childhood, that's going to come up in relationship. If you were anxious a lot, that's going to come up. If you didn't feel safe, that's going to come up. If there was cheating you know, with your parents or in your life at all, that's going to come up. Jealousy, abandonment, all the things we felt in childhood tend to come up in romantic relationships because Romantic relationships are our adult family, right? We are born into the families we're born into. We have our childhood and then we go out and choose. We think we choose. Often we're unconsciously drawn to people because of our unresolved issues, but more or less we choose our partners and then anything we haven't dealt with comes up. So I first explored the past that Sean has and the past his partner has and some key things that came up where his parents were in a passionless marriage and now separated. So there's some beliefs around what marriage looks like and relationship looks like. And probably anytime the relationship isn't passionful and he isn't feeling that warmth and that turn on, he may panic a little bit and go, oh no, is this my parents? Is this over? And start to withdraw even more. And then he was bullied. And remember, childhood issues uh, and struggles aren't just with our family. They happen outside the family, in, in school, in society. There's there's lots of ways trauma can come in. And for him, it was really with peers and at school, being bullied, always feeling attacked. And then add to it, he also has a mom that he kind of idolizes. So, you know, remember everybody, the mom-son relationship or the father-daughter relationship is different than the man-woman or partner-partner relationship. The love a mother has for her son or daughter or the father love a father has for his daughter or son 
It's very, very, very different than the love you have for a partner. So as a child, we would think it's reasonable to want mom to be so warm and unconditionally loving and accepting. It's way easier to be like that to your child than your partner. So his partner, and we didn't talk about this, which is why I wanted to bring it up in the outro here. His partner probably also sometimes may feel, I'm guessing, like she can't live up to his expectations. If he has this expectation based on his relationship with his mom of just warm, loving, gentle, always being there, he might want that same kind of love from his partner. But what Sean has to remember is this isn't mom. It's not the same dynamic. It's not the same relationship. We can expect a mother to have this unconditional loving warmth, but we can't expect our partner to have that. So we want to make sure that we're not projecting a fantasy view on a partner based on a amazing relationship we had, we had with a parent. Now for his partner, again, I'm only hearing from him, but it sounded like there was a lot of conditional love. There was a lot of maybe scorekeeping competition, like he said. And I would guess that she probably didn't feel she could be loved just for her. And so when they're coming together, Sean, based on his issues, just wants to feel safe, just wants to feel not attacked, not judged, and just have that unconditional loving warmth he had from mom. And his partner, she just wants to feel like she can rest, that she doesn't have to compete, that she's also loved unconditionally and really seen and really heard. So bring them together. And and you heard in the session how these issues are butting up against each other. And what we eventually got to, and this is the part I want to just reiterate with all of you, is that there are unmet needs happening. Unmet needs that have been running since childhood. Sean has had an unmet need to feel safe and speak up for himself. And his partner has had an unmet need to feel really like she's just loved for her and is seen and heard. And so whenever we're in an argument or a rut or tension with our partner, the most important thing that we can do is get to a level of understanding and compassion with ourselves and our partner and first go, okay, what is the need that's not being met inside of me that's really triggering me, that's making the situation hard? And we want to look at the need twofold. We want to look at the need that we are not meeting inside ourselves. For, for Sean, it was he wasn't speaking up. And then we want to look at the need that our partner isn't meeting and take responsibility for communicating that need in a clear, specific, non-blamey way. So that's very important. Clear and specific, not like, I just want you to love me more. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Give your partner specific instructions. They're not mind readers. They're not in your head. They're not in your experience. Remember, we often love the way we want to be loved versus loving the person the way they need to be loved. So part of what we need to do in relationship is teach someone how to love us by being clear about what our needs are and communicating them. And then it's it's up to our partner to meet those needs as long as they're reasonable. So that was my assignment to Sean, to really sit down and think, okay, what are my needs? And, and he, we, we worked on it a little bit together. He needs to feel not bullied or attacked, but really what that is, is he needs to feel safe. They both kind of want to feel seen and heard for who they are. There's a similar need that there. And the need inside himself and his action step is he needs to speak up instead of just taking it or going into avoidant patterns and just kind of walking away from the whole thing. And again, his partner wasn't on the call, but 
he said that she says she needs to feel seen and heard, but my coaching to her would be, okay, what does that mean? Specific, specific. And what does she need to do inside herself to feel that? So that's the biggest takeaway from this episode for you, for those of you in relation, and all of us are in relationship. Maybe some of you are just not in romantic relationship, but we all have relationships with other people and consequently some tension with other people. So whenever that happens, go, okay, what needs are not being met? What is the need that I need to meet inside myself? What is the need that I need from my partner? How do I communicate that in a clear, specific, not blamey way? This is key in relationships. And this is the kind of stuff Steph and I are going to be digging into so much more in our relationship workshop. So I talked about that in the beginning. Again, it's christinehasser.com slash relationship retreat. You have the option to join us live or buy the course and go through it at your own pace. If you buy it live, you still have the course. The recordings are still sent to you. So don't think if you join us live that you, you don't get the recording. You get the recording either way. But some people really like to block off the weekend and join us live. Some people can't do that. And so they want to just get the course, have six months to go through it and go through it at their own pace. Our relationship is something we are so proud of. And it's something that really just makes every aspect of our life better. We have so much fun together. We respect each other. We really are each other's best friends and lovers. And to be able to have both, to be able to have that passion and chemistry, but also that deep friendship that takes, for lack of a better word, work, but not like awful work and just slogging along and hashing it out. No, maybe a better way to say it is it takes effort. It takes intention. It takes willingness. It takes making a priority. And so I want to invite all of you to make your current relationship or your future relationship a priority. You know, we prioritize so many things in life and we often don't prioritize our primary relationships, especially once you have kids or jobs or all those kinds of things. And a healthy relationship is really such at the core, at the foundation of all other aspects of your life. So make the time for it. Again, it's christinehaster.com slash relationship retreat. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of this community, sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.